Great West College Hockey Podcast from the Summer Skate Studios is brought to you by Liberty University. Bring your faith and your game to the premier ACHA M1 program on the East Coast. See us at liberty.edu. M-Drive, honest ingredients, real science. Take our quiz at mdriveformen.com and see which of our products are right for you. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, with Caesars Rewards members can enjoy rates as low as $10 a room. UNLV Hockey, follow the Skate and Rebels championship run all season long. For schedule and ticket information, go to rebelhockey.com. Drurians and Suites, travel happy again. Book your room at one of our over 150 locations at druryhotels.com. Burrito Express, your local burrito joint with six East Valley locations. University of Arizona Hockey. Be a part of building not just a championship culture, but the future. Visit ArizonaWildcatHockey.org. Summer Skates. Order your custom koozies or shower shoes at SummerSkates.com and show your game in comfort and style. Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, your next Allegiant Stadium event, or catering your office party. We are the best of barbecue Las Vegas style. The Great West College Hockey Podcast is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right. Welcome in, hockey fans, <coughs> ACHA hockey fans, to the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Scott Strandy with you tonight in Denver, Colorado. My co-host is always Stephen Marsh joining me from that beautiful, vibrant, hot city of Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, how are you? Are you on mute? Because I can't hear you. <laughs> or is it me? Am I the problem? <laughs> It could be me. Steven, can you hear me? <laughs> I, I can't hear Steven either. <laughs> okay, we'll wait and see if we can get him plugged back in. Um, I see him on the board. I just can't hear him, and uh, I think he's going to try calling back in again and see if he can get connected. But another great show for you tonight, folks, as uh, we're about ready to kick off the hockey season. Just two nights from tonight. The uh, Oklahoma Sooners will take on the Alabama Crimson Tide and get things rocking and rolling again to start the season. We are so excited about it. We're bringing on the head coach from Oklahoma, uh, the new head coach who used to be the head coach and is now the head coach again. So, Stephen, can you hear me yet? I could always hear you, but you couldn't hear me, and I figured uh, out what the problem was. I had the... Uh... I had the, uh, the, the, on the microphone, I had it down. I don't usually do that. I flip it up and down. I push the mute <laughs> on the thing. But this time, it, it must have been down. So that's why you guys couldn't hear me. But I'm good. I'm, you, you alluded to what I was trying to say was, can you believe there's actually live ACHA games taking place this week? Not just scrimmages, but actual live game competition. Yeah, this will be fun. 20 years of hockey at Oklahoma. They brought the old coach back to become the new coach. Peter Arvanitas is going to join us uh, Oh, in about 10 minutes or so, and uh, give us a little rundown on this program and the resurgence of what's going on at Oklahoma as they uh, are trying to up their game, if you will, to uh, to be a competitor, a strong competitor in the WCHL, which we already know, Stephen, is a very strong conference. And and they were before, too, during his, his first tenure, too. Uh, we'll go ahead and show that. We'll ask him about it, but during his uh, seven seasons before the change was made in, in 2018, he was a record of 159 wins, 76 losses, a winning percentage of 658. Uh, they were ranked uh, in the top 20 as high as number two at one point. So this is this was a team that was good in the past under his leadership, and so we'll see what happens now as he comes back to the helm uh, with the with the changes that are, have been made in Oklahoma. Yeah, what's really cool is is a number of things. First of all, this is year 20, so that's always fun to have uh, a 20-year program. Uh, and be able to celebrate the whole season. They start really early. They start with a team that we're not familiar with in Alabama, so that'll be fun. Um, then next week, they uh, they go on the road, then they get a week off, and then uh, they get Colorado coming in the uh, the last weekend of September and the 1st of October coming down to uh, 
their new home, the uh, Arctic Ice. Is that right? Do I have that right? The Arctic Ice Arena? Yeah, I guess that's their, that, and that's in uh, Edmond, Oklahoma. That is the home of UCO, UCO by the way. But it's also going to be, <laughs> now they're going to have to share it with uh, Oklahoma. I don't know how they feel about that, but <laughs> it will make you, I guess it'll make it better for UCO when they have to play a road game at UCO. They'll just go into a different locker room, I guess, or not, or they'll be in the same locker room, and they'll just... That's so that ought to be that makes that travel uh that makes that road trip uh easier instead of making that 30 40 50 mile uh maybe even less than that down the the way to uh Norman. <laughs> well, I, let me tell you I just uh finished texting about that I don't know half hour ago with Michael Rivera, the head coach of uh, UCO and he said, "Yeah, I I'd, I'd love to see you when you come here." So, um we'll have a chance to visit. But he said, <laughs> he he's. I said the uh, the game's going to be played in in um, your building, and he goes, yeah, it'll be kind of fun to go watch the tenants play. <laughs> so it's a little bit of a little bit of a running joke for them. But we know a little bit about uh, them, teams though. being tenants in other people's buildings. <laughs> oh, don't levels. go there again. <laughs> You're going to start off I, the show I, going there. I just can't help myself. It's just. Uh, I, I just got hey, so. <laughs> listen, season ticket revenue is up 50%. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know how that happens? You have fewer seats, but you charge twice charge or three th- times as much. <laughs> and that means your revenue goes up by 50%. So, yeah, uh, technically, that's a true statement. Now, now, going back to Oklahoma for a minute, they are still practicing at their old home, I guess, Blazers Ice Arena. And I guess we should mention that the reason why that's happening, and let me find there was a there was a piece about it uh and uh, we, we'll ask about that. But the reason that's being done is there's a, um, a junior team that's coming in there, uh, an NAHL juniors team that's moving to Oklahoma City, and it's going to occupy the uh, Blazers Ice Center. So it's going to make the Sooners have to go to Arctic Edge. Um, so they're going to continue to practice at uh, Blazers. Yeah, so, it, and the, so it's and just the new, more hockey. And the new general manager, uh, Brad Bassett, who's new to uh, Oklahoma as well, he says, while splitting time between the two rinks is not ideal, it is the situation we have to adjust to, and we are planning lots of exciting events at our games this season. There you go. What's that word I use, Stephen? <laughs> relevant. Relevant. Stay He's, relevant any he, which way you can. Exactly. And then he says the staffs at both Arctic Edge and Blazers have been very supportive of OU hockey during this transition, and we're looking forward to working with both rinks this coming season. So. Well, that, that's more hockey. That's two ACHA I, teams. That's I, a junior I, team and then all. Bit, I feel a little bit um, bad for the uh, Oklahoma team because uh, you know their fans will have to will have to drive a little bit to go to their games. But uh, I don't think it's too far of a distance. I don't know the geography of Oklahoma very well, but it, it, I don't think the distance is is too far between the two. Well, still... see, here's the thing, though. The beauty of this is you're not going to get Edmund and Norman mixed up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, that's good. We know Just the remember the... Ar- Arctic Edge. <laughs> that's right, Arctic Edge in uh, in Edmond. That's right, where Oklahoma will not play, as well as UCO will play. The home of UCO, by the way. Uh, anyway, uh, we're having a little fun with you guys. I uh, hope you appreciate that. Um, and then Missouri State having their golf tournament. I understand it's sold out event. It's it's going to be crazy as well. So um, it's uh, it, it's all happening. If things are happening, and um, I said relevant, and I said keep up with the uh, the competition. And boy, oh boy, the teams at least out here in the eastern part of the WCHL are trying to keep up with the uh, the best of the best in the WCHL. And that only makes everybody better because uh, when you play teams that are are ranked, guess what that does to you if you happen to beat them? That moves you up the rankings, right? Yep, moves you up, and it helps your. Uh helps you i guess state your case to the computers as they do their thing to calculate the rankings out in the in the during the season and i was just going to ask you that if you knew how the computers were going to handle all this i I don't i don't even want to i don't even want it it's too early in the season uh, to even think think about man chris perry if you're listening i love it i love it chris (laughs) well i like what he said what time why even try to figure it out is it let the computers do their thing right yeah, exactly. And whatever they spit out, they spit out. And nine times out of ten, it's usually, uh, it usually I guess, what they want or, or what they expect. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I think that's the point of it is that usually it works. I mean, maybe where somebody's ranked is is maybe that's the difference. But usually, the teams that get in are the ones that probably deserve to be in it. So I guess ultimately, it it does work out. Again, where they might be ranked. Sometimes that 
you know, especially teams that are right on that cusp of that top four or, or the top 12 or whatever, that's, that, that's always a, that, that can be a little tricky there because there's such a big difference. If you're in the top four, we saw it last year with the teams in the top four and then the teams that are five through 12 and then the teams that are 13 through 20 and, and what, what roads you have to go into to get to the, the end. It's all the way to the championship game. So, yeah, but it doesn't always guarantee it because you have Oklahoma, Central Oklahoma didn't wasn't in that top four and they went all the way to the championship game. And, uh, you know, so I mean, I hear you. Well, let's not mess around any longer. Let's bring on the new coach. Who's the old coach? Who's the new coach again? Peter Arvanitas is with us. Peter Scott and uh, Stephen with you tonight. Uh, first of all, how are things in Soonerville? You're a little bit quiet. If you uh, if you have a volume switch on there, you can turn your volume up a little bit. But uh, otherwise, you're coming in loud and clear. We just need some volume. Oh, that's the loudest I can get it to. Now, can you hear me? Um, we hear you. It's still just a little quiet, but uh, we'll uh, we'll do our best and uh, see if we can make it work from our end. Okay, sounds good. So, so let me ask you this. Big weekend coming up, 20 years of Oklahoma hockey. You're going to kick it off. I think you might be the first game uh, in the ACHA. Maybe not, but uh, if not, certainly one of the first. So how excited are you to get back on, on, on the bench and, and coach these guys again? Uh, we're excited. Obviously, it's the 20th year with the hockey program. So obviously, that's a very, very big milestone Uh for not only for the program, but also for the players that are playing on the team right now. So we're looking forward to the game. Obviously, Alabama is a, is a big-name school, and uh, I think it will be a, a fun matchup to play against them on the, on the first weekend. And how does it feel to be behind the, the bench again? You know, does it, does it feel like you had never even left? I mean, what, 2018 and now 2022, and, and now you're the man behind the bench know, again? It's just like riding a bike. Yeah, it's like I said, it's just like uh, riding a bike, you know, it's uh, the timing was right. Uh, I think there was a uh, there was a good opportunity to come back and uh, hopefully uh, uh, spear the program in the right direction. I think we've got a, a good group of kids that are willing to work hard and, and, and learn. So I think it'll be a fun ride. Uh, it's going to be a good opportunity. Obviously, it's going to be a challenge. But uh, uh, our student athletes are uh, dedicated to sacrifice their time and getting themselves better, not only collectively, but individually as well. So I think it will be a good year. It will be a good, fun year. Peter, it's no, no shock that uh, you guys had such a great uh, tenure under you, or, or I should say your record uh, was, geez, almost 700 winning percentage. Um, so what, what's your secret? What do you bring back? What are you going to bring back to these guys to, uh, to make it even better again? think it's a secret i think uh every coach that's behind a you know a hockey bench has a has a philosophy and uh, i don't think any coach is wrong uh you have coaches that are offensive minded obviously other coaches that are defensive minded uh you know every coach has got a has got a vision how a championship team or a competitive team should look and uh, you got to go according to eventually to how your players are developing and uh, where your talent level is uh, obviously within your hockey club uh, as a coach, you know, it's you, your job is literally to put your players in the right position where they can go on the ice and succeed. And uh, that's what I've done in the past. I'm not planning to change that. Uh, obviously, uh, we'd like to develop our players into uh, better players than they are today than they're going to be tomorrow. And uh, hopefully with that, with that focus and that vision, we get better, like I said, collectively and, uh, and hopefully brings us some wins. All right, let me follow that one up by saying um, being back on the bench again and having a chance to see these guys, and, and now there's a few new teams in the WCHL, and uh, last year I think Stephen and I said that this might be the best conference in the ACHA D1 ranks, top to bottom. I think they're even better this year. So uh, what do you think about uh, the, the roster that you have and competing against the guys that you're going to be competing against? Yeah, uh and I'm going to be honest, I really don't know, because uh, being away from the bench for a few years, you know, you're not, you're not at it every day, so you really don't know what, how other teams are. But I know from the past, uh, 
our league has always been very competitive. Our conference has always been very competitive. I remember, I remember a couple of years where it was like year after year, you know, Arizona State was in the top five. We were ranked in the top five. UCO was in the top five. Uh, Colorado was in the top ten. So I understand that the league was very competitive back then, and I don't expect it to be less competitive, you know, year after year. So my focus is literally to, to focus on our team and making sure that our kids are prepared to play every Friday and Saturday. And that's why we practice, uh, you know, certain systems, certain uh, concepts uh, during the week to make sure that we're ready for, for the weekend. And when you, from the time that you you got the job again to, to now, what has that been like just as you're preparing for the season, coming in and getting to know the team and, and the schedule that's been put out and just in the preparation? Because you obviously just came in a few months ago or, you know, just early in the summer. So what's that been like? Yeah, it, it's been yeah, – well, it's been, first it's been very fun, you know. It's, it's a great group of kids. Uh, but at the same time, it's, 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 it's kids that – Basically, I, I didn't recruit. I inherited this team, so the, I'm learning as much from them as I'm learning as they're learning from me. So it's basically, uh, you know, you're evaluating every player. You're evaluating what they play. You're evaluating their tendencies, good or bad, and and you try to correct the, obviously the bad ones, and you try to enforce the good ones. So it, it's a learning curve because uh, when I did receive the position. You know, you start watching a little film on, on on the way they played last year, but it's so different when you're watching film and then when you're watching them live. So obviously our first week of practice, it was it was new for everybody, but it was new, new on a positive note that uh, it's a new regime, it's a new coaching staff. Uh, we, have, uh, we have a philosophy and a vision how a team should look and how competitive we should be. And uh, we've implemented all those concepts, you know, during our weeks of practice. And right now we're just hoping that uh, come with the weekend that uh, we come out there and uh, we put that on the ice and hopefully it all goes well. Okay, so I, I have to ask you about the, the bit of a challenge you're going through with uh, playing at two different rinks, if you will. Um, I, I don't, haven't seen the geography either, so I can't tell you how far those two rinks are apart. But is it an issue or is it something where you just go like, Hey, you know what? It is what it is. And we're just going to make the best of it. Uh, it's, it's you, 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 you hit it on the nail when you said it, it is what it is. Like the, the, we're not in Canada. We're literally, or in the Northeast where literally every block there's a, there's an arena. You know? <laughs> right. it's, it's just that, you know, and I explained that to, to the guys in our first meeting, but they understand the situation, you know, uh, the the rink that the, they they had for several years was it's off campus, but it was only like you know 10, 12 minutes away from uh, uh, Norman's campus. Uh, now you're going about uh, 40 minutes away, but you know it's it's the cards you're dealt. It, there's just some things you can't control, but we have an opportunity to have a home rink. Unfortunately, it's not as close as we'd like it to be, but it's still a home rink. You know, a nice surface is. It's still the same size, whether you play 10 minutes away or 40 minutes away. Uh, the issue that I find that the, you'll have is, you know, when players are used to leaving their apartments or leaving campus at a certain time to go to their home rink, it usually took them 10 minutes, where now it's going to take them a little longer. So they just got to prepare for that. But uh, our student athletes, they understand the scenario. They don't think it's an issue. And, you know, and we're going to go and make the best of the opportunities that we have. Yeah, that's a that's a great way to look at it. Um, so, tell me what you've seen on the ice so far. What is what do the Oklahoma Sooners look like um, in the twenty twenty two twenty three version from what you've seen so far? Well, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a work in progress, and, and the reason why I say that is because uh, some you know some of them I've have been there for three years, two years. Other kids have been there for four years. And here, and here I come in a total different look of how systems are going to be played like. So, you know, you're trying to implement that and you're trying to do it within a three-week span. But it doesn't take that long. It's not, it's not realistic. You know, as a coach, you'd like them to learn it, you know, overnight. But that's just not realistic. So it's going to be a work in progress. And from day one, when we started implementing certain systems, 
So today, you can see a big change from practice to practice because right now they're getting repetitions within those systems and they're just going to understand them better and they're just going to get better uh, collectively on them. So it, it, patience is something that is going to be obviously something that we're going to hold throughout the year. But at the same time, we expect the players to understand them, which they're starting to, to get the concept of it. And right now it's just trying to perfect it. Well, let me ask you just more about the the team in general. Then I know it's, again you you haven't been with them too much yet, but what do you feel like is going to be some of the uh, the strengths that you have? Is it too early to tell that, or maybe what what do you feel like is going to be, you know, what do, what's your identity going to be like? Yeah, it's 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 hard to tell because until you play a game, it's hard to to visualize everybody's everybody's talents. Like I've played on teams where. You know, you have players that just look so great in practice and then you throw them in the game and it's a little different, you know. So I think that we're looking good. We're looking like we're progressing in the right way. But if you play games, then that, that's where you'll find out exactly which player can play the power play, which player can play the, the last couple of minutes of each, each period, which players can, you know, kill penalties. That's going to be obviously more obvious as as you play more games, because no matter how much we practice it, it's just different when you're playing against an opponent. So how exciting is it then that you're going to get some games in this weekend? You know, some, we talked about some teams don't start their season until late September or even beginning October, but you guys are already going to jump in and get a couple games under your belt. So that's got to be pretty important too for the you know yeah. as you're trying to build the team. Yeah, it's it's very exciting because e even in the past we've always started sometime in September, uh, and th that's nothing new to the hockey program. Like, I know some teams start in late September, other ones decide to start in late October, but we've always started around this time. So it's n nothing new to the hockey program. But, but for us, it's because how the team is going to look, and we expect, we expect good things from them. You know, we, we, we've asked them to go out there, enjoy themselves, have fun, but play within the parameters of our system and the parameters of the game. And uh, th those are expectations that, you know, as a coaching staff, now we'd like to see uh, not only at practice that we look at it now, but obviously we'd like to see it during the game. Okay, so celebrating 20 years on the ice uh, is quite an achievement in itself. I love that 20th anniversary logo that you guys have on your website. I think that's really sharp. Um, but when you talk about that, obviously there's some historic moments that have gone on in the program and some great matchups that you guys have. Fill us in a little bit on uh, on some of the matchups that you'll be having this year again. We know UCO, we know uh, uh, Oklahoma State and teams like that, but um, are there are there special matchups that uh, people should know about? Uh, I, well, first, uh, kudos to our, our general manager, Brad, that came up with those with that cool logo and he, he had gone through a couple and uh, all of them that he came out with, they all look very nice. And, uh, and he's the one that deserves all the recognition on that. Uh, in the past, obviously, as I explained before, Arizona state was always, was always a very good matchup because they're like, I, like I said, that they're always ranked in the top five and so are we and UCO, even them, they were ranked in the top five as well as we were. But that was that was like an in-state rivalry, so I've always said it doesn't really matter where you're ranked when you're playing a rival team, whether you're ranked number five or number fifty-five. There's always there's going to be good games. Uh, Colorado in the past, those were very good matchups as well because they were they were a very good uh, hockey team as well. Uh, this year's matchups, obviously the in-state matchups are going to be very intriguing, and I think they're going to be very fun for the fans because they get to see not only two Oklahoma teams like in the past, but you'll have Oklahoma State this year, which will add a third one. So I think it just it will add to the Oklahoma hockey rivalry, college rivalry, which I think will be fun, not only for the players, but like I said, for the for the fans as well. Uh, one uh, one matchup that I'm that I'm intrigued to as well is Missouri State. Uh, they came in uh, a little later to our, to our conference and They've just getting, they've just been getting better and better every year. And I saw that they were ranked, I think, in the top ten or top fifteen 
and uh, and I think that's going to be an intriguing intriguing matchup. Uh, playing in their home rink, they always have a sellout crowd. It's a good atmosphere, and th there's another there's another opportunity for our team to see what we're made of when we get to play them, obviously in Missouri State. So that's another matchup that uh, I'm very interested in. Well, I'd like to ask you about one that and this is going to sound like a homer here because I live in Las Vegas, <laughs> but I, you guys are actually going to be coming out to Las Vegas uh, this season to play UNLV. And again, this is a team that's been on the rise the last few years and obviously had a good season last year. Um, I, you probably don't know them too much because you, you're just coming back into the fold in the ACHA, but how excited is it to be able to come out this way and play out here in Las Vegas against a team like UNLV that's really proven themselves to be a good team? Yeah, no. No, absolutely, and, and and it's like you said. I don't know much of them, uh, but I know a lot about them. Uh, we've had uh, we had one player for sure that played for him, and uh, he had mentioned uh, that transferred uh, to us from them, and he had mentioned that they they've had a stellar hockey program, and uh, and again the the good thing with with us going there, it's going to be a new experience, you know. Never been to Las Vegas to their their arena, their fan support. Uh, a, it's a conference game. Uh, it's in the second half of our year, basically in the spring semester. So we're looking forward to matchups like that, and and that's where you measure where your hockey team is at. Uh, when you're playing the highly ranked and and they're especially in the top top. So obviously, I think it will be a good matchup. It will be some fun hockey, and I think the fans will enjoy it. Peter, let me ask you about uh, January 13th, 14th, and 15th. Uh, looks like uh, you got three teams coming to you on uh, three consecutive days. Is that a little mini uh, showcase type thing, or, or what is that with Midland, Illinois, and, uh, and Minot State, I believe? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Our, uh, our, actually, our commissioner of our, of our conference is, uh, has, uh, was, was responsible to, to get all that done. It's actually going to be... Uh, UCO is playing that weekend. We're playing that weekend. So it's basically he, he was able to get the good quality teams uh, that are out of conference to come out and play with us. At one point, actually, Lindenwood was invited, and they were going to play. But this is the year where the, their hockey team went to NCAA Division One. So obviously they had, uh, they had prior commitments to, to attend to. Uh, but uh, Minot State's always been a very good hockey program. To, to a hockey fan where you don't get to see a Minot State very often. You don't get to see an Oregon uh, team come in very often or, or, or all those other teams that compete there. So there's going to be good matchups. There's going to be fun matchups. It's a three-day tournament. and It's like you said on the uh, on the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but top of my head, I can't remember the exact dates, but it's going to be literally three games every day. Yeah, it, it looks like the 13th, 14th, and 15th, if I'm looking at your schedule correctly yeah, here. Yeah, so. no, that, that sounds about right. If, uh, if it's Friday the 13th that it starts, I know it's a superstitious. <laughs> that's a spooky that. night. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I, I could understand that, but the, and then it just continues to Saturday and finishes Friday and finishes Sunday. Sorry. Yeah, it looks like it's being deemed the battle at the edge. So, yep. <laughs> so, there you so go. that's the... So there you go. There you go. Friday the 13th battle at the edge. And uh, that doesn't, that doesn't sound uh, ominous at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, let yeah, me tell you like... this, uh, Peter, let me tell you this. I, I know the head of Chris Perry must be huge right now. So I didn't know that he put it together, but I'll, uh, <laughs> I'm going to give him a bad time about that. Cause that's just like stacking things up here. <laughs> no, it, it, the one thing about, about Chris, maybe a lot of people know, but maybe some don't. He is responsible for getting uh, the conference started. He's basically the main one to put all the teams together and merge with other teams. So he's done a very good job in bringing all these teams and getting the conference to where it's at. And ever since our conference has been in existence, we've always been like a top-tier conference, whether we've been the top conference within the league or basically uh, you know, top two in the league. We've always had a competitive a competitive conference so he knows what he's doing uh you know it's it's all 
all recognition to him to get this to get this done because it, it's not easy getting teams out of conference uh, to come in on a three-day tournament. So obviously, uh, whatever magic he used, he used it well, and uh, obviously we're, we're we're excited for that three-day tournament. Okay, so let me ask you this too, as we uh, work our way down the schedule here. Um, your February is packed. I mean, you got something every weekend, which I guess is what you want if you're building towards a hopeful trip to the uh, national tournament. Um, so when it's all put together, all said and done, uh, to me, it looks like a very, very impressive uh, schedule. Do you feel comfortable with what you see right now is preparing yourself if you do get a bid to the national tournament? Yeah, it's uh, – and here's the catch with that. It's a, it's a double-edged sword. Do you want to play every weekend when you're – when you're pushing for that for that bit of nationals, 100% absolutely. But then you cross your fingers and you hope that your team stays healthy. And uh, sometimes during the year when you have a week off, that gives them those extra days to get healthy. But if you check our schedule, obviously our spring schedule, it's like you said, it's a lot of back to back to back. And as a coaching staff, you want that because you want your players to continuing playing and playing weekend in, weekend out to make sure that they make a good push and hopefully get that bid at nationals. But at, at the same time, you're also hoping that everything goes well and you're hoping for no injuries. That way you have your full squad out there playing uh, the way that you, you're obviously you're supposed to be playing. Well, I'm certain that your focus is uh, on the ice, but um ACHA hockey, and I'll give you a little uh, secret. Um, we used to call this club hockey, this podcast, and we said, you know what? No more club. Uh, you guys work way too hard. Your players work way too hard to uh, to be known as a club thing, uh, program. Basically, what you are is a different level of college hockey, so that's why we changed to the, the Great West College Hockey Podcast. But um, it, there's no secret here. It's a pay-to-play and these guys have to get out and fundraise. And I saw on your, your website that there's some great opportunities for people to get involved and, uh, and help out the program. But how important is that uh, for the success of a program to, to raise funds like that? Uh, obviously, it's very important. But I'm happy you brought that up because I have the same mentality, uh, exact the same mentality that I have that you brought up. I have never considered this league as, as a club team. Uh, the... We, and I'm sure other teams are the same way, but we make sure we treat our players as NCAA Division I treat their players. We travel well. We stay at good hotels. We eat the good meals. Uh, you know, we, we dress them up and all, all the swag that we can from, uh, you know, from running shoes to track suits to hoodies to T-shirts to workout clothes. So we make sure we treat them as, as an NCAA Division One program because I think they deserve it. You know, a lot of the kids have come from, you know, top and, you know, junior programs where they were treated, uh, you know, they were treated the right way. And we feel that coming out of college level, you deserve no less. Uh, but it's, on the other hand, it's like you say, uh, the kids here, uh, do they get scholarships? Unfortunately, they don't, but they, depending on their grades, they're able to get financial aid or, ac or some academic uh, uh, tuition if it's available. And uh, our players have done a great job with, uh, with fundraisers. They've always done it in the past, and uh, we're going to continue doing it here in the future. And, uh, and hopefully, you know, more people get involved with it. Uh, as we know, uh, hockey is, is, is a very close community. And a lot of people want to support it. And obviously, we, we applaud their support and we thank them for it. Okay, so my, my next follow-up to that, I think Stephen fell asleep on us, uh, Coach. But <laughs> I'm still here. I'm still here. Okay. Uh, my, my, my next question for you, because I've got a bunch of them, is uh, uh, when you look at your roster, um, I, I was looking on your website, and I didn't see the roster on there yet, so I know that's just a little gamesmanship. I know you know who your guys are, but how many did you start off with this year? And and um, when, you, when you whittled it down, was it a tough – Tough decision to to get it to the right number. Uh, yeah, I, 
I want to say we had 40 or close to 40 kids come out to tryouts, and uh, they all played well, but unfortunately, as much as you want to keep all of them because you want them to be part of something, unfortunately, you can't. And uh, we, uh, we reduced our, uh, our roster to 32, and that's usually as many players uh, I usually do carry between 28 and 32. And the reasoning is it's because you just don't know at the college level what can happen. If you might have eligibility issues, if you're going to have injury issues, if you're going to have, you know, kids that are in the medical field that need to, need to step away for a couple of weeks to get, you know, their their schooling done. So there, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, movement and fluid scenarios at the college level. Uh, you know, professionally, it's it's an easy fix. You know, your goalie gets hurt. You go on the market, uh, you, you trade for a goalie, and then, you know, you're done. It's You're back to normal. But at the college level, you can't do that. You know, if your goalie gets hurt, you got to have another one. And if that goalie gets hurt, you got to get another one. So that's why we carry uh, three goalies, about nine, ten defensemen, and uh, the rest are forwards. So that way we know if we do run into certain circumstances that we have depth within our hockey program that other players can step in and, uh, and play their roles. I kind of want to ask about the, 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 I guess, the climate there of hockey and just from the time that you were there before to, to now, obviously you haven't seen, uh, the, uh, I guess, what it's going to be like at a game. But, I mean, how how is it there? Because I know Oklahoma, obviously, it's a big football school, and a lot of people support the football program there. But what is it like at the games? I mean, just from, from your pastime there, and then, you know, the challenge of now going to have to go 40 minutes, and how are you going to be able to try to get uh, the students to, to try to follow you guys and, and go to the games 40 minutes away? Yeah, uh, hockey's always been a, hockey's been a big thing here in Oklahoma, even in my playing days. You know, back when I was playing, like, we were, we were the, the uh, we, we averaged the highest uh, average attendance in minor hockey, which included the, the American Hockey League. And uh, there was also a stat that at the time, too, we were averaging uh, more than seven NHL teams. And, and the thing that a lot of people don't know is uh, hockey's been around in Oklahoma for a long time. Like, in the 70s, it used to be the farm team of the Minnesota North Stars. And then later on, it was the farm team of the Boston Bruins, and you had big-name NHLers that, that, that came through this, this city. You know, uh, Don Cherry, Terry Crisp, Wayne Cashman, Harry Sinden. Uh, and those are all, you know, individuals that ended up playing for the Boston Bruins after they left Oklahoma. So there, there's always been a liking to hockey here in Oklahoma. Uh, obviously, we've had great success uh, attendance-wise when we play our in-state rivals and, and other teams like uh, when we play Arkansas or other big-name Midwest football-named schools. Uh, now Brad has done a good job in trying to get, uh, trying to get uh, things going with uh, a couple of restaurants and, uh, and other places where they would meet it somewhere in Norman and hopefully we'd have a bus there where they can they can travel them to our new arena and they don't have to drive. They can just go there, enjoy the game. And then when the game's over, they get back on the bus and the bus drives them back. So there's certain situations like that that I know Brad's been working hard at, at uh, being able to confirm everything. Uh, so uh, right now, that's the scenario. Uh, I'm not worried about having a, a good crowd. Because, I, like I said, I think Oklahoma's always had a good following. But we're just trying to find other avenues to make it more simple for the average fan to come attend our games. So I know your roster is pretty new to you. But um, when you looked at them on the ice now in, in the practices that you've had, uh, are there a few guys that have jumped out at you that you said, holy cow, I didn't realize I had that? Or um, this, this guy is really good. Can you give us a few names of guys that we should maybe put a star next to their name and keep our eye on? Well, we got a good leadership group and Cameron Bigford, who's our, our, our team captain this year. Uh, he, he's a very good two-way smart defenseman. Uh, 
Fry is another very good, smart defenseman, and he plays good hockey. Uh, Reyes is another very good defenseman. We have uh, we have very good goaltending from Gage to Trey to to Bond, who are all three can have, all three are going to have some playing time this year. Uh, up front, I think Tristan Glass is it looks like a very good two way player. Logan Sadler, good two way player with a lot of speed. Uh, it, but it's hard for me to keep throwing names at you because I've seen them at practice. I've seen them in one scrimmage, and they've caught my eye. And there's a couple of other guys as well. But it's like that old saying, till they play a couple of games and they have them under their belts, then we can actually tell who more or less can you can pinpoint as your, your power play guys or your, your defensive guys. But uh, – those are just a couple of names that uh, that I've noticed, and I'm sure there's other OU fans or OU staff that have noticed as well. Okay, so I'm going to have to follow that one up now because um, you sound like a hockey coach that's going to have a lot of success, and I'll tell you why. I heard you say two-way player about six times in that conversation, and uh, if you demand two-way play from your players – that usually means you're going to have some success. And I know a lot of coaches out there will say that, but they also will lean towards, yeah, you know, if we can score some goals or if we can shut the other team down or play heavy or do whatever. But uh, to me, it sounds an awful lot like you want to play uh, the entire 200-foot uh, ice surface. Yeah. You know, it's, it's another thing, too, that uh, we brought this up because I was actually talking with our uh, – uh, with our media individual a couple of days ago, and he and he would mention to me, well, do you have do you actually know who your top six players are? And I and I right away confronted him and I said, well, I'm not looking at my top six, I'm looking at my top twelve, and and I'm big on that. I'm big on having you know four balanced lines. Uh, obviously, they're not all going to score, you know, as many goals as you know, other lines would, but I want all four lines to be balanced. I want all four lines to play uh, a good defensive structure, and I want all four lines to, to, to score goals. And those are expectations. Now, do I expect them all to score four goals a game? No, but I want them to be involved on both sides of the ice, definitely. All right, final one for me is um, give us a little thumbnail about your practice schedule because a lot of times with uh, – when you're shuffling between ranks and and you're uh, an ACHA program, um, you sometimes don't get the best of ice times. But give people out there a little thumbnail about when you guys hit the ice and uh, how many uh, days a week you get out there to to prepare for weekend games. Yeah, we we're very fortunate to have, and it works out well. It's it's not common, but we do practice in the evening times, and where, where that's good, it's because now the kids go to school during the day so it gives them time to get out of school catch up on their homework and then be able to come to the rink do their off ice training and then we hit the ice and then uh, obviously we have a good a good practice session and then you know they're 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 in their cars at night and on their way home and i think that that's a bit of a benefit even though it's not common but it really helps them out where it structures them to be in school. They don't have to miss class for practice or whatnot. After they're, pra after they're done, they're able to do a little studying and then come to the rink. Uh, we're very fortunate enough to, to practice four times a week, and then we play on Fridays and Saturdays. So if you look at all that, it's a, it's a six-day schedule. Now, do we do that throughout the whole year? Uh, absolutely not. Uh, I understand the grind of being a student athlete. I was one myself. Uh, there's going to be times during the year that, you know, I'm giving them, say, two days off this week or four days off that week. Uh, uh, come Thanksgiving, don't even think about coming to the ice. Go to your families, you know, visit them for Thanksgiving. Uh, get away from the rink, you know. So there's, there's going to be times during the year where I do give them time off, whether it's for – family reasons or even catching up with their studies because I think that's important and first 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 and foremost they're here to get themselves a quality education and you want to make sure that they keep up their their GPA so we're going to give them every opportunity to make sure that that continues uh, but uh, no if if we go by the standard it's like I think like any other team where we're able to have 
four days of practice if we wanted, and then we play on the weekends uh, twice a weekend. All right, well said. Uh, Peter, thanks so much for joining us. I know it's a crazy busy schedule for you right now and, and things leading up to this game. We'll see you Friday night and uh, happy to be there for the first uh, ACHA game of the season and kick it off right and go beat those guys from Alabama, okay? Absolutely. We'll do our best and I appreciate you having me on the podcast and uh, wish you guys a good night and looking forward to speaking to you guys on Friday. Awesome. Peter Arvanitas, the head coach at uh, Oklahoma as the Sooners get prepared to play this weekend, the very first uh, games of the ACHA season of the 2022-23 version. Stephen and I will be back in just a couple minutes to uh, wrap up another episode of the Great West College Hockey Podcast. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by offensive ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available, too, for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice, our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. Play at the premier ACHA D1 men's program on the East Coast and prepare yourself for life and career at Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia. Sellout crowds, top competition, and championship aspirations await you on our picturesque campus with state-of-the-art facilities, gifted faculty, and over 700 programs of study to help you make an impact on and off the ice as well as your community training as a champion for Christ. Your faith in yourself and your beliefs are equally as strong. See if Liberty Hockey and Liberty University is right for you. Visit us at liberty.edu. Your hometown hockey team. Your Western Collegiate Hockey League champions. Your Arizona Wildcats. Tickets for Arizona hockey are now on sale. Support your Wildcats as they battle ASU for another Cactus Cup championship and more at the Tucson Arena. Your hockey team, your Arizona Wildcats. Call 791-4101 for tickets now. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment, and players are constantly having to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season, that doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories that you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick. At Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our Three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. UNLV Rebel Hockey, 
located in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, is proud to partner with Ice Time Hockey Southwest. As a premier ACHA Division I university, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, then visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today. Hello, fans. My name is Hunter Mazzillo, and I'm number 26 for the UNLV Skate and Rebels, and you're listening to the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Indeed, you are listening to the Great West College Hockey Podcast, as Hunter Mazzillo uh, lets us know. Scott Strandy with you in Denver, Colorado tonight. My co-host, as always, Stephen Marsh from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, you know the drill by now. Um, I heard something. You heard something. I heard a lot, to be honest with you. But uh, what did you take away from our uh, conversation with uh, Coach Arvanitas? Well, I... You know, I, I just when when a new coach comes on, I think it's always it's always can be an ex, it's a it's a change for a team, but it can also be a chance to be kind of an exciting uh, new adventure. And and uh, you know, I think for him, it's it's kind of exciting because he's been there before, and now he's back. And and uh, you know, and I don't know. I mean, 2018 when he when he left the program, and now he's back. You know that's what four four years now. I mean things have changed a bit, and the landscape of the ACHA has changed. I think the the, the type of hockey has has gotten obviously a little bit better. Um, and, you know because they they had a good program before under him. Um, I think you know he even kind of acknowledges that you know he comes in and the guys are already there. Uh, these weren't guys that he recruited, so that you know that's always kind of a little bit of a, a growing pain kind of thing when you do that. Um, but I think he expects the the best of his players. Um, you know, he's under the same uh, th- thought process that we are about using the the c word when it comes to this type of hockey, uh, because it's so much better than that. Um, so I think that that's ex- you know that's good that, that he's he feels that way about it in the way he runs the team and and conducts the players and stuff. I think is all helps and what helps everybody in in the in that program and stuff. You know the challenges are going to be the challenges, but he he kind of acknowledges that that's just kind of how things are, and they'll work with that how they will with the with the arena situation having to go, you know, forty forty minutes away to get their games, and uh, I like that he said that they're working on trying to set up something with like a restaurant in town there in Norman that will have a, a bus that they'll have set up that can bus students and people to the game, so people don't have to drive drive their own vehicles there or make that drive themselves. Um, that way, also people want to partake in a little bit of, you know, <laughs> a little bit of stuff that, you know, you don't want them driving. So, um, you know, I think all that will be exciting. Um, so, yeah, that's those some some things I got from that. Okay, well, let me go to the ice side of things then, because uh, I I heard a lot, right? Um, number one, you like that uh, he used two way players. Yeah, I, I like the fact that he he kept saying this guy looks good because he's a two-way player. This guy looked good because he's a two-way defenseman. This guy looked good because he's a two-way forward. Uh, that that tells me that his team is going to be tough to play against. So that's number one. Number two is he gave us a really good history lesson on Oklahoma hockey. Um, yes, I like that too. Not only his university, but what's happened in the state of Oklahoma. They, they get a really, um, not a bad rap, but they, they just don't get the credit they deserve for what they are. I mean, we know what UCO is. I mean, just look at what everybody in the uh, ACHA saw UCO last year. And uh, if Oklahoma rises back up to where they've been in the past and, uh, and they compete at that level, goodness gracious, who wants to make that road trip and play Oklahoma and UCO back to back? Well, that's the um, one thing I'm kind of like, it's, <laughs> it's, it, you know, the, the fact that they have to play at this facility, but what I think is makes it even more, is like, not only is it just this facility, it's the facility at their home of their probably their arch nemesis and in-state rivals UCL. And now they have to share, share a home building with them, but that's just the way it goes. It is the way it goes, but uh, I don't think that's going to affect them one way or the other. Uh, I think they're just going to go about their business, do their thing and, um, and, and see how the, the chips fall at the end of the year. I like the way they put their schedule together. I like what Chris Perry did with that uh, three day tournament with nine or with, uh, three gate. Yeah. 
three games a day for uh, three days. So there's nine games over a three-day period just to uh, start the second semester, if you will, um, for these teams. So if that doesn't prepare them for uh, a run down the stretch, uh, you know, you and I haven't even begun to dig in yet into uh, the teams that might have a shot at getting to the national tournament. But I can already tell you, uh, this year, I think there's six that come out of the uh the WCHL. And I know that's a bold prediction, but goodness gracious, you find me some teams that are going to be held out when you see the competition that they're playing and, and the way I think these teams are going to perform. Well, six, I don't, I mean, it's, yeah, it might be deemed a bold prediction, but I think it's, I think it's realistic. And I think if you look at last year, we had, uh, well, we had four teams and I think easily you're going to have uh, four teams again this year. And it could be more. I mean, you had a couple of teams that were right on the cusp that could have gotten in uh, and that didn't get in. And and I only think they're going to get better. And now you have like an Oklahoma that's last year was, you know, not obviously up to par. And, and this year now they got a new coach. And, and, and maybe they'll, they'll, they'll be in the conversation. Uh, will they have a complete turnaround and be like a top five team? No, I probably not. But they'll, they'll probably be in the conversation for, a, you know, maybe one of those lower – uh, tournament spots, uh, you know, but it, I mean, they could, it could really simply be a, that kind of a turnaround. I mean, uh, the co- new coach comes in, that he brings his style and skill and everything, and and it might be really high uh, team, but I think that'll to get to where like a UNLV is now or wherever, or a Central Oklahoma is. It's still going to be uh, tough to to beat them, but they're going to get opportunities to play both those teams. They're going to play Central Oklahoma obviously a few times, and they'll come out here and play a. a uh, UNLV for a two-game sit out here in January, so uh, they're going to get a good chance. And then you did that three-game, that th- uh, that little uh, showcase thing in January. Uh, so they're going to get some opportunities to really show where they are and and see where they stack up against some of the the top elite. They're going to play Minot State, so they're going to get a chance to see where they are against some of the the top elite of the ACHA. Yeah, and I think the entire WCHL is is raising the bar. You see what what um, UNLV is doing to play the teams that they're playing. You see what Arizona's doing, traveling out to Michigan to play Dearborn and Adrian. And you see the teams that are are uh, playing not only their conference schedule, but they're playing high quality non conference games, which means that that's going to affect the computer rankings. So if you lose by a goal to a team that's played, you know, every one of the top seven teams, um, that that's not going to hurt you nearly as bad as if you're, you're playing softer talent. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, the biggest learning lesson last year, and I hate to go back to this, but I think it's important for the rest of the teams and, and including Utah to learn from that because Utah had a shot. They had a real shot at getting in the tournament and it was kind of the, uh, the, the way they played against weaker opponents down the stretch that uh, kept them out. And I think they've resurrected that and said, you know what, we're not going to let this happen again. And other teams have done the same thing. They say, Hey, we don't, we don't want to be that team that's almost there and gets bumped out uh, at the very end by the computer. And, uh, and we miss it by a spot or two. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's got to hurt more than if you're a team that just obviously doesn't have the, the, uh, the, the skill to get in or you to have the have the games under your belt or the wins under your belt uh utah of course was close and and didn't get in and and you know had they won those last couple of games or one or two more games they might have gotten in but you know their their st- schedule wasn't as, as strong i look at a team like minot state which was a really top team i mean what number two seed in the tournament number two in the rankings but you know i looked at those it seemed like it seemed like every game was against you know between them and Jamestown, I mean, they just it didn't seem like they they had a lot. I mean, they they played some good competition, but I mean, it just seems like a lot of their schedule is you know. Oh, between here those comes two, the hate mail. Here comes two, the hate no, mail. No hate mail. <laughs> no hate mail. But you know. Yeah, you I know, know what you mean. I know what you mean, and they, especially they kinda, last year coming yeah. off of the pandemic because well, we yeah. know Lindenwood won the championship, but uh, they were frustrated in the fact that they didn't get to play nearly as many games right. as they wanted to. Um, and they kind of, you know, they took care of business in the games that they did play, but it was kind of like, you know, um, they're, they're Lindenwood and, um, and they earned their spot and, and they proved it. They proved it in the end that they could, uh, take it from uh, start to finish and win the championship. And it's kind of like a team that it's also kind of like who you draw too. I mean, you know, Minot state was kind of a victim of, uh, of a really a 
you know, the a resurgence of uh, Ohio. They they came in as what the 15 seed. They had a great win in their first day and came in already have played a game. Then they play a Minot State who hadn't played yet, and and even though you're you you want that in a way, but it's sometimes it can be a disadvantage. And Ohio just really piled on them and and took advantage of that. But still, it was a close game. So I, you know, and that that made it exciting. But you know, so it's sometimes who you draw. Like if Ohio played a Lindenwood, I mean Lindenwood probably still would have won. But it might have it might have been interesting to see because I just thought Ohio was really play that that second game. They were, they were really playing with some sort of you know fire and 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 wanting to, to prove something and they did they ended up knocking off the number two team so during that time so it's that's what makes these sort of things great i mean we you know we talked with the unlv guys during you know we everyone says or saying is saying that you know the, the roster that unlv is going to have is going to be really good and that's probably the best team or whatever okay let me on, fix that on paper what they're though, what they're saying is on paper paper that's right. the best team in the country right, right. Uh, on paper but you don't play the games on paper you play exactly them on, you but play it them doesn't hurt to be the best team no. in the country on paper to start no, things doesn't. off with no 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 <laughs> it's a good start that's a good start yeah. but it's a matter of if putting it to practice on the on the ice and and showing why you're and, the best team on paper yeah and becoming a cohesive team that's important right. um so let me wrap it up by saying uh, the the visit with uh, coach arvanitas was uh was so much fun and so informative and uh the other thing that i really took away from from what he said was um as you so elegantly put it we don't use the c word around here anymore that uh, nasty four-letter word <laughs> It is a four letter. Yeah, it is. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, he talked about how important it was for them to be treated um, like athletes uh, at the NCAA level. And he, he hit a really good point because he said some of these guys or most of these guys come from junior programs where there's a talk of their town, right? And uh, they've got top caliber swag, if you will, and they look good and they travel good. And uh, the last thing you want them to do is come from junior hockey to college hockey and take a step backwards in that area. And I truly believe, as you know, that uh, if they dress for success, the chances of them being good on the ho- on the uh, ice surface are much, much better. Yeah, no doubt about it. And and for a school like Oklahoma, which you know has a big football program, and I'm sure that overshadows all the all the sports there at the school. Uh, you know, to still to know that hockey is, is still a, got a, its spot there, and and they they have their their fan base, and they're able to to still support them and and put that out there is is good too, and uh, and so it'll be exciting. I'm looking forward to your report uh, back next week on how it was when you when you get there. We hope you get there safely. I, and, I just uh, want to see if there's a Booner schooner on the ice. Just races around the ice. Wouldn't that be cool? They had like a little wagon that just raced around the ice with maybe some dogs pulling it or something. I don't know. Uh, I, I I don't know. I'm just uh, I'm jacked up for it. I think it's great. I think it's a good way to start the season. Looking forward to it. Um, and uh, let's play hockey. Can I say that? You can on uh, on Friday. I just Friday. did. You just did. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. <laughs> uh, all right. Take it away, my friend. From the Summer Skate Studios, the Great West College Hockey Podcast was brought to you by the University of Arizona, ACHA D1 Hockey, a rich history, past, present, and future. By Summer Skates, whether you choose our original red, a custom logo, or a new black shower shoes, show off your game with style at summerskates.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, no one does entertainment destinations better. UNLV Hockey, ACHA Division I Hockey, and a world-class education in any of our 300 majors. By M-Drive, real people, real results. Try M-Drive Boost to look and feel your best. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, now with two locations at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas and off Boulder Highway in Henderson. Be it a loaded in Vegas dish or a rack of ribs, this is barbecue Las Vegas style. Drury Inn & Suites, our quality and value have earned us 16 straight J.D. Power Awards. Book your stay at DruryHotels.com. Liberty University, strengthen your faith, your game, and your education at liberty.edu. And by Burrito Express, authentic Mexican food fresh from our family recipes with six East Valley locations. The Great West College Hockey Podcast and all the Ice Time Hockey West podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app and are available for download at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. 
ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. The Great West College Hockey Podcast is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Very well done, my friend. As you uh, brought up Jesse Ray's barbecue, I got to throw this out. I hadn't said this before, but um, when I was leaving the Rio the other day, I was bringing uh, barbecue back to Arizona. Um, and <laughs> when when I was going out to get my vehicle uh, at Valet, the, the bellman that was taking my stuff out for me said, wow, what, what smells good? And I said, oh, it's Jesse Ray's barbecue. He goes, Jesse Ray's barbecue, where's that? And uh, and I said, well, just right down Valley View. <laughs> if you go from the Rio straight down Valley View, you can't miss them. And he goes, really? And I'm going like, yeah, you got to try it. So uh, that Jesse Ray's barbecue, uh, the, the aroma uh, spreads from uh, from sea to shining sea. And if you haven't been there, you need to get there. And if you have been there, continue to go back. Tell them that the, the guys at Ice Time Hockey West sent you, and uh, we know they'll take good care of you. And of course, we have the the Boulder Highway location, which is 308 North Boulder Highway. So you got two locations off. You're out in the Henderson area. You can go get some barbecue there. And, of course, the original location there on Valley View, close to Allegiant Stadium, not far from T-Mobile in the Strip. So a pretty good location in its own right. All right. Hockey starts Friday night. We'll see you tonight. Little Roger Klein and the Peacemakers. De Niro, good night, everybody.